Welcome to Grab a Paddle Podcast. We believe we are all in the same boat. A conversation hosted by pastors from Hope City Church, where we talk about life and leadership. Because we can't move forward unless we're willing to put in the work. So grab a paddle and lean in. Ah, welcome back to the podcast. Charlie was just about to ruin that moment. What were you getting ready to do, Charlie? I just leaned in like all of us are doing right now. Just leaning in to the conversation. Will you guys lean in with us? All right. Are you talking to us or are you talking about them? Them. That's (laughs) Carrie Newoff's line, right? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's, that's somebody's line. Well, guys, how we doing? We got through uh, major holidays. Mm -hmm. We're at the beginning of the year now. Major holidays are over. We, uh, I don't want to say praise Jesus, but praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with praising God. Yeah. Just for, like, I don't have to do the family weird Christmas uh, shenanigans. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, we're good. I can just hang out at home and eat dinner in peace. There's, yeah. a, lot, there's a lot of holidays coming up, though. Uh, don't remind me. Flag Day? Arbor Day? <laughs> what's, the, what's your weird favorite holiday? Um, I know you have one. I like Bird Watcher's Day. That is... Does not exist. Can I just ask this? Were you guys not amazed at how many people like acknowledged and noticed Groundhog Day? I had no idea. Of course you did it. You don't know when Valentine's Day is. Yes, I do. Fourteenth. Charlie, did you know? I had no idea. Oh, you're such a liar. Punxsutawney (laughs) Phil did not see a shadow. So, and we all know what that means. Absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. No, Cody, you said you said it, and I was sure. like, wait, Charlie it's Groundhog's Day? from stage. Well, happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. <laughs> was it you who said it? Yes. Okay, that's what made I me go. I didn't say happy Groundhog's Day. I just said it's a big day. <laughs> Super Bowl, Groundhog Day. And everybody, everybody was like, oh, man, he's got to be talking about Groundhog Day. <laughs> Huge day. Like game changer. Man, it's as big as Valentine's Day. But 2020 is going pretty well so far. <laughs> hey, since we, since we had our last podcast... The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They and, have. And that really leads us into a pretty comical conversation that we're having this weekend, and that is that our facilities guy and our executive pastor made a bet during this game that whoever lost had to get the opposing team's tattoo inked on their yeah, body. tattooed for life. And it is happening on Sunday, yep. between worship gatherings, out in the lobby, it, it's awesome. So Brennan's getting a Chiefs logo. Yeah, now I want to ask you guys this. because I, It's fair. You don't even have to ask. It, it's it, legit. It's okay now. But when he started, it was just like a headdress and said, KC, that's not the Chiefs logo. Yeah, you're right. So then I pushed in on him a little bit. And he, so does he have the logo now? I feel like it's yeah, more Yeah, he's doing a little arrowhead with the KC and then the headdress okay. over it. Yeah. I'm excited. So he said, likes I the said, cheese, How do we right? know that your grand- great-grandpa wasn't like Choctaw or something? <laughs> Mac? Um, huh? I don't think he likes the Chiefs. I think he is like, I I'll, I don't care. He should. He's from Missouri. Right. That's why I'm like, I think he's like, I don't care. Like, I'm from Missouri. That's a cool team. And if somebody asked me about it, I'd be like, I grew up in Missouri. He has a lot Lost of tattoos, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he cares. No, he doesn't. I wish Michael would have had to get a <sighs> tattoo just because awesome. he would have, I think, cared. Yeah. And it would have been like... Brutal. He would have had that awkward, like, scared laugh the whole time, and it would have just been fun to watch. So It's going to be good. Which brings us to some of what we want to talk about today, because we came out of a series in January where we called it questions, or you asked for it, basically just questions people have about the faith. Are you going to sneeze? I think so. <coughs> yeah, that was a cough you. sneeze. Yeah. You yeah. Sneeze wow. like a cough? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's very violent. A keys. A keys. A snuff. <laughs> a snuff. I, like snuff. I just 
Snuffed? Snuffed. I don't know. I don't like it. When I sneeze, I hold it in. And it sounds very good. But doesn't that hurt like your ears? It does. It hurts my head. Yeah. Give something. us your like an impersonation of your sneeze. <laughs> that, 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 that hurt. That was Sorry. girly, dude. <laughs> I like that. I like your nasal passage snuff. is just. I feel like that's more of a snuff than what I did. Yeah. Because that was a snort and a yeah. cough, sneeze. Yeah, a snort, cough, sneeze. There we go. Yeah. A snoffies. I. I, I mean, not to point anything out, but you guys kind of remember what I was saying. So uh, uh, you interrupt. <laughs> I was trying to be polite and no, sneeze away from. The, I was the talking mic. about the fact that we did a series called "You Asked for It," and it was questions that people had about the faith. Yeah, which was a really fun series because uh, we had a lot of engagement, a lot of questions submitted, but we weren't able to answer all of them or even talk about all of them. And so we thought, man, it'd be really fun to bring them into the podcast. And um, in fact, one of the questions, which we even had this week when we were talking about one of our staff people getting a tattoo, and I don't. I, I would guess maybe everybody except for maybe two people on our staff have tattoos. Mm-hmm. So obviously uh, it doesn't take a lot to tell what our position on tattoos are, but there's kind of a legitimate like question out there like, hey, does the Bible say anything about this? And Connor, since you're the one who looked like you went to prison, why don't you uh, see the first answer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my, I, I'm a terrible person to answer this question because I always I like to have fun with people when they ask. Yeah, so, uh, so, what so do you my tell go-to line story? when... When people ask, you know, if, if tattoos are wrong or biblical, you know, whatever whatever way they want to word it, I always respond with, no, you know exactly what they say about tattoos, right? And they go, no, what? And I just look them dead in the eyes and I say, well, you go to hell. <laughs> and then they look at me covered in tattoos and they go, well, and they kind of make a gesture or they're like, but you have tattoos. And I go, well, those were all pre-Jesus. So <laughs> what about yours? And then they're like, um, I don't. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just kidding. I don't believe that. But... Uh, it's always a fun, always a fun conversation. So, well, so in Leviticus, in the old, in the Old Testament, in the old yep. Levitical law, yep, uh, it talks a little bit about tattoos. It says you shouldn't make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead or tattoo any marks on you, and and really that's where a lot of this comes from because it actually mm-hmm. uses that phrase. But, and I say but heavily because there's two big factors at play there that don't really um, impact the way we we see tattoos. Now I say we in a healthy way. I think you can, I think there's several different reasons someone can get a tattoo. One would be to um, certainly commemorate a significant event in your life. I know a lot of people get them, if they lose a loved one, they'll get a date or a lot of people get their kids tattooed on them, um, which is awesome. You know, things like that, that really just help uh, you give some kind of symbol to something in your life that's very significant. Uh, another reason is just the artistic part of it. There's kind of this creative uh, visual part that, that it's a way for somebody to express themselves. Um, some people just have significant events happen in their life. Um, I, a lot of people, a lot of friends I have, even spiritually, whenever they were baptized or something of that sort, they, they got some kind of significant... You, what, you have a tattoo that your brothers have too, right? Yeah, my brothers and I, we all have the same tattoo on our, our shoulder. It's just a cross in uh, Galatians 2.20. Yeah. Just written on it. Yeah. And my mom, of course, she said, are you sure you want to get a tattoo? What if you regret it someday? And I you know, I answered it, if I'm regretting getting a cross and a Bible verse on my body, I probably have more to regret. Oh, like Charlie, you threw down on Alice Argyle? I did. Alice Argyle. No, I love man. my mama. But uh, yeah, up. so I got that and I have one on my chest as well. So yeah. mm. My mom hated tattoos until I got one for her. I got a rose on my calf that says mother, and before that, she cried every tattoo I got now. She's like, I like them. They're cute. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I see how it is. Very I, selfish I have reasons. a tattoo idea. 
Let's get it. All three of us? Yeah. I'm so, not agreeing to anything. And we what? call we call it the bros. That's we why. all get That's roses. That's exactly why I'm not. We're bros. We get a rose called a bros. That's exactly why I didn't agree to anything. <laughs> I'm in. Okay. Actually. All right. All right. You two. I get the bros tattoo. I've been trying to get. It's coming up on I've been trying to get. I've been trying to get Tyler and Logan to get tattoos with me, and they won't do it. Tyler actually said he would. Logan's out. Uh, it's a infinity. <laughs> sign um, that says bad boys in the infinity, <laughs> infinity sign. That's funny. So originally we were like bad boys for life and Logan was like, no dude, bad boys for eternity. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's get it tattooed. So <laughs> You guys did it. I want to do it, but he won't do it. Speaking of Valentine's Day and tattoos, do you have a story about that? Cody? Yeah, I've Valentine's heard, Day is coming story. up. Let's, let's hear about your tattoo, Cody. Okay, my, my tattoo actually has significance. I got it based on a relationship that I built uh, when we were out on the East Coast with a guy that I had a chance to kind of influence the Lord. And I thought, man, when we moved, I'm like, man, I hate to leave that relationship. And so my tattoo was really to mark that that heartbeat for people who God had called me to invest in. But at the same time, my best friend who lived out there said, hey, we should just get we should just get the same tattoo. It'll be kind of like a bros. Yeah, right? a bros. bros. And so the only, I mean, I was leaving in like a week. And the only place that we could go had one available opening and... So it was on Valentine's Day. <laughs> February 14th, Charlie. So and, we, and we got magic tattoos on Valentine's Day. You know what's funny? It's a bromance. It's a, wait, what's funny about the whole thing is the guy didn't even bat an eye. We Two two grown men walk in to get matching tattoos on Valentine's Day, and he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 7 o'clock. You know, I'm like, <laughs> that makes sense. Didn't even, didn't even flinch. <laughs> skip a beat. But, yeah, we always chuckle because uh, me it. and Eric made that happen on a very awkward evening. So, But having said that, I think there are significant events that happen. Sometimes it's artistic. So there's a lot of reasons to get one, yeah. which what's, what's happening in Leviticus is there was worship taking place that was actually mutilate, uh, uh, mutilating the body, mm-hmm. uh, piercing for, for false god-type worship, yeah. tattooing the body, false god-type. Scarring. And- yes. It was very, it was very uh, religious in its aspect. And so, um, you know, we always tell people, man, when you talk about tattoos and whether or not it's biblical or not, uh, it depends. Does it? You know, does it uh, glorify God? Does it uh, significant? Uh, does it mark something significant in your life that would um, allow you to be a better husband or father or friend? Does it allow you to express yourself in the way God's created you in a healthy way? If it's something that's um, pagan type symbol, you know, th- those are the things that I think you could push back pretty hard against. Although I would argue that some people who come to Christ after they've been through a season of life where they may have gotten tattoos. I, I've talked to a lot of people who say, man, I've got this tattoo I really regret now because now that I'm a believer, like that doesn't represent me very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even wrestle with maybe getting it removed yeah. or getting it tattooed over. And so um, I think you can re- even redeem some of that stuff as Christ yeah. followers. It's, um, I think it's important to redeem it, actually. And so yeah. especially if it, if it marked a point in your life that you would say, man, that was I was not in a good place there and I got this and it represented something that really isn't who... God called me to be. Does that make sense? I, mean, yeah. what well, I have like? I have one of those tattoos. Yeah. You know, so my side says California Dreaming since '92. I got it. I was like 17 yeah. down in Hollywood, and it really was. You know, in that point of my life, like I thought, man, I'm gonna live this party lifestyle. Like this is what I'm about. You know, fast cars and money and California Dreaming. You know, and and then I became a Christ follower, and I look back and I'm like, man, that is such a ridiculous tattoo. But it literally goes from my armpit to my hip. And it's a terrible tattoo, and actually, you know, and others have asked, like, are you ever going to get that covered up? And for me, it really is a reminder of the person that God has redeemed mm. me from. 
And so I always tell people, I'm like, no, I think it's, I mean, one, I think it's funny because I look back, I'm like, man, I can't believe I got that tattoo. Yeah. And two, uh, man, how far God has taken me That's from cool. 17 years old in Hollywood yeah. getting tattooed by a, new, a dude named Joker yep. um, to, you know, this point, you know, now. And so. Um, well, tattoos also tell a story, which I think is really yeah. cool. That's good. Uh, I have a friend, Adam, and he has, a, you know, a huge sleeve, but he'd go into schools and kids would ask, hey, what does this mean? Yeah. And he would talk about the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, a, that's another. Cool every thing. year on, at summer camp, we have students ask me like, "Hey, so tell me like, what do your tattoos mean? Yeah. You know, what? Why'd you get them?" And yeah. it is a cool opportunity to just share stories and, and you know, I've got a lot of weird tattoos. But even so. even the tattoo that you're talking about that that represents a right. season in your life that you you don't look back on fondly right. tells a story yeah. of what, like you said, what God has done in yeah. you. And so, yeah, I think the key in it. Because, uh, you know, one, we're not under Levitical law, like we all say that. But sometimes we say that whenever we just don't agree with something. Right. Because the principle is still there in Leviticus. Right. The principle is, you know, are you mutilating your body as uh, in a way that would dishonor God? And I think that's what you have to ask. And so, um, you know, if you did it in the or past... Or worshiping it, other gods. Or, or worshiping other gods. And if you did it in the past and it was pre-Jesus, that can be redeemed. Right. One. And two, I, I think, to your point, Charlie, like, man, if it, if it helps you in any way express your faith or... Um, what what God has given you a heart for, your passion, um, the way He's gifted you, even artistically, to express yourself, man. I think it can be a I think it can be a great expression. And so, uh, you, you, the, guys, you guys heard Jesus has a tattoo, it, according to Revelation. Revelation, it's tattooed on his thigh. What is it? I looked it up. King of Kings. It's yep. There it is on his thigh. It says in verse sixteen, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So if you think on about it, you, you've got this. You got this. This. Old Testament principle that was for false worship, and then you have Jesus, the true God, returning with a big fat tattoo on his leg, just <laughs> looking like a stud, right? Yep. So uh, that'd be a pretty killer tattoo. And only one person who could get it legitimately, right? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. No one else could get that. I was just thinking, like, how do you get that tattoo, but like servant to yeah. the king of yeah. kings? You know, like, it's like, he's like throwing <laughs> asterisks. <his servant>, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's like, no, really. Yeah, but for real. <laughs> but for real, I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, th- those conversations, I think, w- one of the things we learned in this whole series of um, you asked for it was we need to have more conversations like this, like stuff that people have, curiosities and questions, because yeah. the Bible really does speak into it. And it helps us understand our faith better, yeah. what's the most important to the Lord, and what we need to value, the things we need yeah. to value or not value. And so one of the things that this created, um, this, this series, we had this huge question board up. We just said, write any questions down. And one of the questions that was down, and I just want to take a few minutes to talk about this because I think it's a, it's a fun, for me, it's a fun question to talk about. Um, it's a fun question to answer. And that is, so we're obviously to be different than the world. That's, that's what the Bible teaches us. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. How, one of the questions was, how do you reach your friends without feel, being a Bible thumper? Another, another one that worded it this way. I have an atheist friend. How do I get them to church? So it's kind of yeah. a, those two questions. Yeah. They're, they're, it's a similar question, although I think there's actually different answers to a degree. Um, I'll ask the first one again. Yeah. And it is, uh, man, how, how do you reach lost people? How do you reach your unchurched friends without coming across as a Bible thumper? When I was in high school, I did that. Like, I didn't thump them, but there was a guy that I went to school with, and he cussed like nobody's business. Yeah. And I'd say, you know what the Bible says about that? Mm. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Mm. And he looked at me. I would have fought. And he cussed me out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So so I look back at that and I'm thinking, yep, that's not the way to do it. So so, um, honestly, like, why do you think that was your response? 
that's what I was taught. Yeah. Going to Sunday school. Yeah. We had to memorize Bible verses and yeah. use this with your friends. Yeah. But I was using it for the wrong time. I was using it as a weapon almost mm. to like cut someone down than to come alongside and actually bring life. Yeah. And mm. so that, that was not a, a healthy way of using it. That's good. Yeah. And not, not only that, but I think, you know, w- one of the things we have to remember is typically people who aren't in the faith they don't care what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they may respect what the Bible says because they don't want to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. But they, if, if they're already not living their life by it, you're not going to share with them a principle that they're going to be like, oh, well, then I guess I'll just... Yeah, it they, holds zero weight. It holds zero weight. And for me, like, I, I think about that question and both both of those questions really sandwiched with the experience that I had with a kid named Ethan in middle school. And I've told you guys the story and I feel terrible for it. But um, he, I was being an idiot on the, you know... Needless to say, when you were in high school, you were not the model Christian. No, I was no. a jerk, and I had no idea who Jesus was. So literally, I would have I would have claimed atheist yeah. in that. And so I, I was in seventh grade. This kid, Ethan, comes up to me, and I was being loud and obnoxious. And he tried, you know, he opened up his Bible and was trying to read something out of the Bible to me to tell me what I was doing was wrong. So I took his Bible, and I threw it, and I said, get that crap out of here. You know, I was like, I don't want anything to do with your Bible. Um, and part of it, we should have had you beep right there. Ooh, yeah, I beep. Yeah. <laughs> we should actually when Connor talks, we should have you beep at just random, <laughs> spots. random spots. So people, people think like, Ooh, this is edgy. It. That's good. Um, <laughs> so, do you think we get more listeners that way? Oh yeah, love it. Um, but I look at that. I look back and I go, man, I I did not, I did not beep. respond well. <laughs> That's good. Um, I didn't respond well, but he tried to approach me and have a conversation with me and tell me what I was doing wrong and had zero relationship yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look back and I, I look back on that experience. Ethan later came to the church that I was interning at and I was, his little brother was in the youth group and we had this like weird like moment where he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I work here at the church. <laughs> I love the Lord now. I'm sorry for what I did to you. <laughs> um, but in that, like I look back and went, man, like I didn't hear what Ethan was having to say because he didn't know me and I didn't know him. There was zero relationship. So I'm going to ask a question that I think um, you may or may not be able to answer. But is there anything in that season, one, that that may have connected with you? And if so, what would it have been? Or is there anything Ethan could have done that could have impacted you to actually maybe at least turn an ear towards Jesus rather than yeah. just completely I mean you may have been in a season of life where you're like I didn't I wasn't gonna hear any of it yeah but more than anything I think I would have heard it like if he would have just been a friend yeah like honestly and I, I say that that's a really loose term but like he had zero interest in having a conversation with me if it didn't involve him telling me what you know, what I was doing wrong. Yeah. And so I was like, what, you just don't like me. So why are you like, why would you want to have a conversation with me? You obviously don't like me or who I am. So I, why would I want to be friends with you? Yeah. And so for me, it was like, man, let's get to know me before you tell me I'm a bad person. Yeah. Uh, because maybe I'm not a bad person. Maybe my life at home is crazy and you just don't understand me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe there's things that I am, maybe I'm a bad person. You need yeah. to be able to help speak into that. Um, and so for me, it would have been, yeah, just, I think getting to know me before, uh, I think people made an assumption of me at that time that they knew me better than they did because I was a loud, outgoing human. Yeah. But it's like nobody really knew who I was or what I was going through and the craziness that was going on back home. And mm-hmm. so what changed in my life, what God used to kind of reach me and pull me out of that was somebody sitting across the table going, hey, tell me your story. Yeah. And it was the first time anybody in my entire life had sat across the table for me and, and asked, like, what's your story? Who was that? Uh, his name is Dave Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, he was a Young Life leader. 
uh, out in California and, and now is on staff at the church that I came from. And, yeah. um, but literally, just like, tell me your story. And I was like, I didn't even know what to answer. I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what, what's my story? He's like, dude, like your family, like mm-hmm. what makes you tick? What do you enjoy doing? And I was like, why do you care? You mean he didn't lead with Leviticus? Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. And, and honestly, and I, so in my head, when he asked me, the first thing I wanted to do was try to scare him away. Mm. So I told him all of the grossest things in my life. And I literally was like, and he, I, I drink and my brother just came out. And I just started telling him all this stuff that I thought would make him go, oh, I don't want to deal with this kid. Yeah. And but it didn't scare him away. No. And at the end of the conversation, he said, hey, what are you doing next Thursday? Yeah. And I was like, I got nothing. He's like, can I take you to lunch again? Yeah. And for the next like four or five weeks, we just went to Jersey Mike's and had a sandwich and we talked. And through that, he invited me to go to church and was like, hey, you should come to church. And I was like, I'm okay. I actually don't want to go. And then through him and Ashley, I ended up going and getting yeah. connected. But, you know, listening to you, I think one of the major differences is the way we view people. Because we either view people be, um, as as the, the fact that what identifies them as their sin yeah. or we view people as what identifies them as much deeper than that. And I think when you look at the life of Christ, when Jesus interacted with people, he didn't walk up and he wasn't, he, you know, he didn't walk up to the woman at the well and say, hey, you know, you're living a trashy life. Yeah. He, he, went, he, he sat down by her and said, hey, you're thirsty. Yeah. Like he saw her soul yeah. and then he spoke into the things that were yeah. stealing life from her like relationships yeah. and all the stuff that was broken in her life. But he didn't lead with, hey, you're really screwing your marriages up. Yeah. You know, he led with, you're, you're searching for something. Like there's yeah. something deeper in you. And I think that's like when I hear you talk, I hear you saying there's, there, there are people who saw me for more than just the sin in my life, but yeah. who I really was deep down. And I think that's how Jesus functioned. Yeah. And so, because when you, even when you talk about relationship, it's like you can't really see who someone is right. on the surface. Right. And I may, like, and a lot of people who meet me, even to this day, if they're not outgoing people, they probably are overwhelmed by me because yeah. I'm a lot to handle. My personality is very big. You're a lot to handle for me. Well, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, but he like, wear, does he wear you out? I wear a lot of people out. <laughs> but for some reason, them. y'all keep inviting me around. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it would not be fun it's if a you party. wore me around. <laughs> so, uh, but I think there are people who, when they first meet me, if they don't take the time to get right. to know me, would just be like, oh, he's just a shallow, crazy, yeah. loud guy. Right. It's like that. I, that's not who I am. Yeah. Like I'm more like no. I care deeply about people, yeah. and that's I. For me, that's one of the most important things in the world to me is people. Yeah. And invest in, and if you ever need anything, like I want to drop whatever I can to yeah. come serve and be present. And yeah. so, uh, but you would never get that from a five second interaction. Right. And so I think you know my answer to the question: How do you get your atheist friend, or how do you not be a Bible thumper? Is invest in relationships and, and, and care about people deeply, and from that conversations will happen because yeah. if I care about you and it's not yeah. because the Bible tells me I have to, but because I want to get to know you as a human, yeah. then it allows me to go, Hey, we may disagree, but you know, I love you in spite of that. Yeah. And I, I think you're really good at this Connor. I think, but I think some of it is personality. Like some people tend to view, um, uh, I, I guess I would say it this way. I think when you, when you meet somebody, you tend to view at surface that that is the person. And I think other people, they're just gifted at seeing deeper into mm-hmm. that person in front of them. And so those of us who aren't gifted that way, I think it's really important that we work at it. We work at going, hey, this person that um, that I work with or the person that I go to school with, whatever that looks like, maybe even the person in your own family, it's like maybe I need to look at them deeper than their their sin or their actions or their shortcomings. Maybe I need to look into to mm-hmm. who they are deep at their core of their heart. Yeah. And, and for some people, it's hard. I mean, people who are far from God and, and are blatantly... 
you know, disrespectful to him or, you know, they're flipping the middle finger to right. religion and church. It's, sometimes it's hard to see past that because it, it can be hurtful as a, yeah. as a Christian. Some of those things are very offensive. But, I mean, you, I mean, again, you look at who Jesus interacted with. These are people who are flipping the bird to yeah. him. And looking for ways to trap I mean, him oh, and yeah. kill him. And, I mean, they, they, were, yeah. they were accusing him of stuff he didn't do, yeah. uh, betraying him. I mean, all yeah. these things. And Jesus saw something greater than, than yeah. just their action or their sin. And so I think, it, I think that is the big thing. And I think that leads into the second part of the question, uh, or the second question, which is, how do I get him to church? And I would, I would first argue yeah. that that's the wrong question. Yeah, right. Um, the goal... The goal for someone who either has been hurt by church or has no interest in church is not to get them to church. Mm-hmm. Right. It's to get them to Jesus, you know. And so, um, but I would so, even argue at all, like yeah. you know, I think one of the cultures we see among students is their idea is, and they've been told, if you get your friends here, then that's enough. Like yeah. that's your part as a Christian. Yeah. You just get them to church, and yeah. then it's the pastor's job to save them. Yeah. And it's like that's not what we see in Scripture. Right. And so. I would just say in general, that's that's the culture, yep. you know. So, I, I I actually view, and I don't know what you guys think about this, but I actually view church as not the first step. It may be, I mean, for some people, Jersey Mike's is the first step. Seriously, well, yeah. and for some people, if there's a lot of baggage with church, it yeah. may be step three or four mm-hmm. before they even trust yeah. you enough yeah. to walk in the doors of your church with you because of something that had happened in the past, and we've seen that a ton. And so, I would say at some level. And, I'm, and we want people to to feel, we want people to feel fully able to invite a friend to church. At the same time, you got to gauge as to whether or not the relationship's in that yeah. spot or not. And sometimes you have to take a step of faith yeah. and go, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb because I think this is this yeah. is the next step, or I think this could could yeah. be the be- the thing to push them. Um, yeah. I, I will say this, and you guys can speak into this, but I don't think it's enough just to love them. No, I think at some point you have to speak truth. life into them and treat. So which is what. You know, Charlie, you were talking about this even as a kid. Like, it's what you were trying to do. Yeah. It's just, you made that the first step mm-hmm. when it probably isn't the first or step. Or Christians will we'll just keep it at grace, yeah. right? With the relationship and love them to death, and then, oh, that's it. You know why I think that is? And I don't know if it's this way for everybody, but I think for a lot of people it's because we don't want to lose the friendship or we're afraid, man, what if I press on them? And then, yeah, it costs me a, a relationship mm-hmm. or, or they... You know, they, want to, they don't want to be around me anymore. And so yeah. I've invested this time in them. And if I say, hey, man, I'd, I'd really love for you to, you know, to open the word with me or I'd, I'd love yeah. to pray for you. And if that turns them off, we don't like to be rejected. No. Right. And yeah. I don't want to sound like a Jesus juke, but loving someone to death, literally, yeah. if you're just love them, they ain't going anywhere. Yeah. But it's actually leaning in and saying, hey, I, I love you so much. I want to say this or, yeah. you know, make this known. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you said earlier. You said the scripture is supposed to bring life. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we use the scripture almost to like prove a point. Not sometimes. Yeah. We do it often. We're like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to show you where you're wrong. Yeah. And I would argue that most people already feel wrong. Yeah. And so they come at it from a defensive spot anyway. I mean, you know, I can remember in high school some of the stuff that I was doing. I'm like, if somebody walked up to me and said, hey, Cody, you're really, uh, you know, you're not following Christ like you should be. I'd be like, in my mind, I'd be like, yeah, no joke. You know? But I'd be like, well, who are you? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of your first yeah. response. It's but, like, uh, well, you're going to tell me, and you know, I know what you do. Right. You know? And I think, too, for me, Cody, as you asked that question, how do you get our, our atheist friends to church? If we don't have any friends that mm. we're trying to invest in or love and give truth to, then there's a problem with that, yeah, too. that's good. And so as you said that, I'm like, okay, who in my life 
am I, can I answer that question for? Yeah. Well, I think it's important. easy as Christ followers to, to put the weight on the church and not take that on ourselves yeah. because it's messy and it's hard and we get hurt when we take it on ourselves. And this is what Jesus did. Yeah. Like he invests relationally in people who are messy. And I, I, I don't know who said it, um, but it was, I think it was a great me. quote. Whatever it is, it's me. <laughs> if it was a great um, quote, it was probably, probably <laughs> broken people break things. Yeah. And so when we invest in broken people, like things are going to get broken yeah. and relationships are going to, it's going to be hard and yeah. we can't, we shouldn't expect it. And that's, we're broken too. Like we come into that yeah. and we mess it up and we yeah. say the wrong thing and we yeah. have weird expectations. And so I think more than anything, you know, we talk about it's starting at a dinner table or at a coffee table or whatever, you know, wherever that location is, I think it really begins with investing in a human yeah. And from there, you know, earn the right to be heard so that you can earn the right to invite, yeah. you know, and say, hey, come along on this journey with me. I have this amazing community that I think you would benefit from. You should come check out my church. Mm-hmm. Like, not because we sing songs that you don't know and yeah. that there's a message, but because you need to get connected to somebody um, who is going to help push you and make you look more yeah. um, like the man you want to be as a husband That's or good. as a father. And so um, I think we just, but again, our assumption is, well, if I just get them to church, then the, the church will take care of pastoring yeah. them. And again, we'll do everything we can as a church to take down walls and yeah. to make sure people can bump into Jesus and not make it weird and but, be but awesome. The rea- but the but, reality is, let's say they come to church and they find Jesus, they yeah. still need the relationships. Right. Like you can't right. do the Christian life alone. Yeah. And that, we, never... we've seen the statistics, yeah. even in our own church, the people who stay connected to Hope City are the people who already are connected to somebody. Yep. It's not that they can't, you know, if somebody comes to church here and doesn't connect with anybody, there's not a good chance that they're coming back. Yeah. It, but, it doesn't matter what program they like exactly. or... Uh, you know how big or small the church is yeah. if you're not connected to people yeah. um, that can, is the single factor that will get somebody a family back yeah. if their kids are connected their friends are here they're gonna come back yeah. if they know a bunch of people here and they get connected they're gonna come back if they don't know anybody and they meet somebody and feel like they got connected with they're gonna come back and so an even bigger call to the church to say when people walk in and you know they're new connect with them yeah and because it may be Charlie's atheist friend who just needs somebody to connect with him. Maybe Charlie. Maybe Charlie. Hey, invite me to church. I've been waiting <laughs> for him. <laughs> you know what I think? I think um, there's probably two people that hear this. One person hears it and says, man, I need to invest in some people who aren't church. Because you guys know this. The longer you're in church, the yes. less people you have like that in your so life hard. if you're not intentional. So some of the best people that reach on church people are people who are new to the faith because they still have all their friends. That's a good point. And then I would say the second person that listens to it is a person who... Maybe they're good at loving people, but they need to take that next step. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I love people well, but at some point you you know you talk about speaking life into them. At some point, it's looking at them going, "Hey, I just want you to know I I know you're struggling. And I just want to encourage you with a scripture. Maybe you write it down and just hand it to them and let them read it later, or whatever feels less threatening. Um, maybe I think one of the easiest steps of leading somebody in from just loving them into helping them experience Christ is just praying for them. Man, mm-hmm. can I pray for you? And, and you know, part of that is if you've, if you've built a relationship void of any kind of spirituality, then that's going to feel weird to them. Yeah. But if they already know kind of, yeah. you know, and you're, and you're sprinkling that into conversations because that's who you are and it's what you're about, they're, they're, they're going to be open to that. I, I, w- I would say this. And then, you know, if you guys have anything else to, to tag on as we, as we wrap up, I would say this, some people are more open to the gospel than others. Yeah. I don't know that we can fully tell that uh, in our, you know, in our humanness where their heart is. But I do know this: that um, man, if you stumble upon somebody and they're really hard-hearted and really resistant yeah. to the gospel, don't give up. 
because you know you may go to the next person and they may have been looking for the last you know 20 years for somebody just to share yeah. some hope with them yeah. and the soil's fertile and it's like man you just planted a seed or you yeah. you just maybe you you were able to reap a harvest from a seed somebody yeah. else planted and so just because you run into one person who may be um, resistant to God uh, one, I would argue that they're they're still wrestling with it. They're still yeah. thinking about it. But don't give up mm-hmm. because that's not everybody. It really isn't. I mean, yeah. for every, I would argue, and this is a made up statistic, but I would argue that for every one person that you run into that's really resistant to God in the church, there's probably five who are open to it. It's just our method typically yeah. is is actually closing people off instead yeah. of opening them up mm-hmm. to it. So yeah. And my encouragement would be like, don't don't carry the weight that you have to save people. Yeah. Like that's not our job. Yeah. Like God, that's the Holy Spirit's job. That's God. Like do what you can to help people experience life in a, that, in a bit, in a better way. That's we good. say that all the time. Yep. Like point them to scripture because we really do believe it offers a better way of doing life. And so, um, don't, don't worry about trying to save somebody. Like just be a good friend, invite them along, have hard conversations. And allow scripture to lead some of that stuff, but yeah. you don't need to say it's from the Bible. Almost. Right, it's almost like it's good hey, the principle of scripture. Yeah, let let that play out in your conversations yeah. in your life, and then there'll be a time where you'll say, actually, this is why I do this. Yep. Yeah, and you get a point to Jesus. Yep, not a, a a book. Yeah, it's good. Well, I think we want to keep asking questions. We've got a whole list of questions, but if you have a question in podcast world, then you can email us at info at experience hope city. And this episode is sponsored by. 7-Up. If your stomach's in trouble, <laughs> I don't take know. a double from 7-Up. Take a double? What? A 7-Up double? Like two drinks? I don't know. No, I, that was really good. He that, totally no, made that up off that the cuff. That was good. Yeah. I appreciate not that. Only, not only is it sponsored by 7-Up, but our co-sponsor is... Coca-Cola. No! <laughs> no. Not the same thing! No, that's, no. Do something different. Okay. Doesn't Coca-Cola uh, own 7-Up? Wonder Bread. The, the Wonder of Bread. Join us I, I Sunday. <laughs> Grab a slice during communion. All right. I don't know. No, come on. Start to me real quick. Last one. Uh, Last and one. Our, our final sub-sponsor is... Wonder Bread. If you think life is a slice, try it with us. Wonder Bread. I don't know. It sounded like it was pretty compact and to the point. <laughs> Did you see how in the zone he was? He was he on it. That? I thought you were going to hit us with like a food truck sponsor. Nope. This literally is Charlie's wheelhouse. He sits at home <laughs> thinking about these things. Yeah. Just give me enough room. I'll yeah. come yeah. up with some stuff. Do you have a new food truck yet? My favorite no? tagline is still yours for the American. Yeah. Uh, number one and then number, <laughs> number two, two business. <laughs> I had to see it somewhere. Oh, it's so good. So Guys, good. thanks for joining us. We will be back next week uh, with more questions, more fun, more... Sponsors. Sponsors. <laughs> and... More paddles to grab. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> this whole record might be a cool